Yo, it's Alex Terranova, and welcome to Flip the Lens, where Brie Holland, London Papa Michael, and myself smash down the walls of perfection, performance, and looking good to dive face first into deeply vulnerable and personal conversations where we expose and explore what it means to be authentic and how to succeed in a world desperate for a facade. Hey, good morning. Welcome back to Flip the Lens. I'm your DJ, London Papa Michael. We've got our guest host, Alex and Bree. We're actually doing something a little different today. I'm going to give them the opportunity to rapid fire questions all episode long. So you get an opportunity to get to know me a little bit more. I have no idea what they're going to ask me. This is not planned. So stay tuned. <laughs> Hopefully they take it easy on me. We'll see what happens. How are we doing? <laughs> Good morning. Yeah. I'm excited. I know. I'm like sitting here. I'm like, how, how, how hard are we going to hit him? I mean, we have some space. He can't hit us back. We're all quarantined. He can't come like get us for a little while. Uh oh. You don't have my address, do you? No. <laughs> Not yet. Bree, you want to go first or you want me to start? Go ahead. Let's all right. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to go right for it right away. This is the first thing that came to me. So, London, you know, you. The, the guy that you share and you show us a lot of is a guy who um, has some really like some really hard stories about his life. You know, losing your mom, at, you know, younger than most people want to lose their mom, tough stuff with your dad, having to be there for your, your sisters at a young age. I want to know who you are without the sad stories. Oh, great question. Um, I'd say I'm a relatively happy guy. I'm a... Uh, I'm motivated to do good, to um, live a life that I'm proud of, to uh, give it back to people because I've learned over time, um, you know, it's not really, life isn't worth living if you're not giving it back to other people. And that's when I feel the most fulfilled, the, the happiest is when I can give a gift or do something for somebody with nothing in return just by seeing them do well, whether it's my sisters or a client. I genuinely enjoy that. I, uh, I love to try new things and I'm always up for an adventure. I'm curious with that, you know, you, you've had loss. Do you hold resentment that you have to still work on from your past? Like whether it's blame on, you know, a parent, whoever the universe, God, do you hold resentment that you have to work on getting rid of, or are you like really through a lot of that hurt? I 100% still deal with issues when it comes to that. Um, you know, ever since my mom passed away, I probably still, she's in my dreams every night. And that was going on nine years ago. Um, I still have moments to where I see something and it makes me think of my father. You know, and my big thing is about forgiveness, but forgiveness is a process. It isn't um, something that you push a magic button and you automatically, you forgive. But I've been able to forgive to a certain point to where it allows me to keep moving on with my life and slowly get past things. So yes, there's some things that I still harbor to this day. Did you go to therapy? No, no, I've never talked to anyone before. I'm not against it. Um, My mom used to see somebody. I think my youngest sister saw somebody with my, her dad, my ex stepfather when my mom passed, not against it, just never done it. You know, I'm always the last person to look out for myself as much as I'm big on the self-love, self-help. It's, hey, what about my sisters? What about my friends? I'm, you know, the last person to look out for somebody, you know, look out for myself, you know, which, hey, is good and bad. I'm not saying I'm some great guy. Just, you know. Let's look at that. 
why, um, what has you not be as important as like all these other people in your life that you don't get the, that same love and, and, you know, tenderness and care from yourself that you give to everybody else? Um, that's a great question. I'm not a hundred percent sure. I just know that, you know, the things I've been through, there's people that I really give a shit about that have been through them with me and I know how that feels. So just my, my instinct, you know, through love and maybe, you know, having a great mother, you know, that, uh, I go into this like fatherly caring role to where it's, you know, I just, I'm going to care about them. I'm going to worry about them, which has typically been my sisters or a friend, you know, I just have always been able to put them first. And over time, you know, I've done a better job of looking out for myself, but it's still an ongoing process. I'm still my own worst enemy, you know, and I'm my own greatest strength at the same time. Would you say it's like a coping mechanism where... You put people first and your sister and can focus on other people's issues that you're able to really be a strength in so you don't have to focus on what might be the hurt, the pain in your own situation. That's probably part of it, but I've never, you know, shied away from my own personal demons as well. You know, I think of them often, Um, not always in a bad way. You know, I even think about stuff. I think about my life when I bartend at the club, like I can slow things down while I'm still working. And I think about my sisters, like I'll have somebody treat me really bad. And I'm like, you little shit. But then I'm like, hold up. Why are you doing this? What are you fighting for? It's because I still need more money to make my dreams come true. Or, uh, you know, if I keep doing this, I could save up enough money and I could fly my sisters. We could all go to New York together. Like I think about that kind of stuff when I'm in the moment and it allows me to get through things as well. What's the biggest problem with being you? Oh, Jesus Christ, dude. Um, wow. <laughs> um, and I, I know you're not coming from a bad place, so I'm not going to say, like, I'm not taking that the wrong way. Um, yeah, yeah. No, we all have is, it. We could yeah, all answer this question. Wow. I mean, just getting out of my own way, you know, because I can be my own worst enemy. And ultimately, whether I succeed or fail, it's up to me. And you won't see me point fingers. And it's all about me and how I respond through things. And I think I've done a really good job of responding to, you know, a lot of shitty things and different things in life, whether it's failure or loss or a heartbreak. Um, And I don't actually I don't give myself enough credit because I've actually come a long way and I'm doing pretty good for myself. You know, when I what I've been able to create for myself and a life for myself in L.A. and look, I've got a long way to go, but to think about what I could have been doing, given what I've gone through in life, to think about what I've done and what I'm trying to do, you know, um, I hold my head, my head high and I actually need to, you know, kind of pat myself on the back a little bit more. I'm curious, what is something that you think people assume about you um, that's maybe incorrect or untrue? Um, I think... It seems so. I did the talk in San Diego, right? You know, first time to speak in like room of almost 50 people, strangers. And a guy came up to me after the talk and he said, Man, you know, you're not how I thought you'd be. You know, I prejudged you. And I think a lot of times maybe people prejudge me um, by the way I look and look. Um, I don't know what it is because I have a beard and like I usually have a haircut and I try to dress well. 
I mean, and ultimately, if you're supposedly a somewhat attractive person, it makes you think that you're attractive and you're like an asshole or a douchebag. But I'm not on the cover of magazines. I don't think I'm some, you know, model dude walking around. So maybe people seem to think like, oh, he's a good looking dude. So he's arrogant or he's a bad person. And that's not the case at all. But it was cool. I love how the guy came up to me and told me that. Because the only time you're a bad person by judging somebody is if you don't give somebody a chance, right? Of course, if you see somebody, you shouldn't think something. But if you see a pretty girl, you shouldn't think she's stuck up and she thinks she thinks she's some Hollywood model, right? Give her a chance to get to know her. And then you can say if she's stuck up or not. So that guy stood there in the room and listened to me talk for 30 minutes. And he's like, whoa, just because this guy has his hair, you know, all fixed up and he's wearing Yeezys doesn't mean anything. He's actually a good dude that's got something to say. So maybe there's more to me than meets the eye. Because there's a lot more to me than just a dude that's in shape with a beard. You were wearing Yeezys? Yeah, I was. <laughs> the only pair that I'll wear is the tan pair. Because I don't like Kanye West anymore and I do not like his clothes. But the tan, Oxford tan, original Yeezys are money. I don't know if I would have talked to you if I realized that. I might have just gone the other way. <laughs> I'm just kidding. Um, so what if um, on this, like, the way people judge us, what's something about you that you kind of keep secret or you keep hidden or you kind of just don't really reveal or talk about because of maybe other people's judgments or their opinions? Um. Well, I don't know if there's much that I don't mention because um, I'm pretty open with my story in my life. Um, I try to be careful because I have two little sisters listening, even though they're 25 and 17 now. I try to be careful with some of the stories that I tell, whether it's, you know, if we get so far into like a sex conversation or something intimate relationships or whether it be something about an opinion or something that happened between my ex-stepfather, I only say so much in that story till I feel like my 17 year old sister is old enough to talk about some of that stuff. Um, but I'm, I'm as real as it gets. Um, I suffer from a lot of stuff that we all do in life of not feeling good enough or not feeling self-sabotaging. Um, I'm really tough on myself, which has gotten me pretty far too, but also it's probably hindered me in a lot of things as well. Um, but I'm just trying to be honest with myself in the good and the bad. Um, but I feel like, you know, I'm not holding, I don't know if I'm holding anything back from you guys or the world, you know, that's worth talking about. So there's no, um, well, like, like, look, even with your sisters, is it, is it, is it simply because you're like, Hey, they don't need to, you know, I don't want to put my stuff in their space. Like they don't need to have some of these things that I know about or think about, or is it like, you don't want them to think a certain way about you? Um, I wouldn't say it's necessarily about me. Just like, look to me, like for my 17 year old sister to hear about me, like being a bachelor and sleeping with a bunch of women, you know, something like that. I'm not really trying to delve into that kind of talk. Um, uh, there's some things I feel about her, her dad, my ex stepfather, I just don't feel like she's old enough to hear about yet. So I'm trying to protect her. And when I feel like she's a little bit older as a woman, I'll tell her not the truth, just a different perspective in my view of the situation between what I think of her father, what happened during the relationship with uh, him and my mom. And it's not to slander him. Just I think she deserves to know the truth as a woman, just as still as a teenager I just don't want to drop all the bombs of my perspective on that situation to her. So I'm protecting her, not me. 
So yeah. would you, well, say you that, guys think that that's right or wrong? Yeah, that fatherly role has maybe a filter on some things that maybe you share or don't share. Not necessarily like that's a bad thing. I think we all have a filter, but maybe taking on that fatherly role has you filtering how you share maybe? Yeah, probably, you know, but look, um, I've done shrooms before I got on a plane after Denver. I, uh, you know, like uh, my best friend was missing in Vegas an hour before our flight to fly back home. You know, I've done some crazy stuff. I've had some crazy times and that's something that I don't really talk about with people because I don't use my platform for that, but I'm not some boring guy. I, I'm not a saint. I've drank a lot. I've tried drugs before. I've made a fool out of myself and I don't regret it because I've learned a lot. And a lot of those are great memories with friends that I'll never forget. So that's something that I don't really talk about, but my platform or the opportunities that I set up for myself aren't me sharing those sides of my life. They're funny. They're great stories, but I don't think it provides as much value as me coming from a place of pain and overcoming it. Yeah. I mean, that's a really cool, it's a really cool thing to share. And I think, you know, I've, um, I've had people share with me recently about like being authentic and they're like, well, like, it's not that you're not, it's not that being like fully authentic is the right way. Cause you were like, you know, I don't know if you guys are think this is the right way or not. I think it's, what's important is that you know, if it's working for you or not. So it's like, Hey, you're doing it. If it's working for you, great. Like it's not for me or Brie or anyone else to judge you either. You know, yeah. um, if people had no assumptions, no judgments, not your sisters, not your family, not anybody watching, what's something you'd be doing right now? Let's actually take the quarantine away. Like, let's say you had the freedom to go and do any and be whoever you wanted. You didn't have the restrictions that we all are under. But if there was no judgment, no assessment, no opinions from anyone else, and you could go do something that maybe you wouldn't maybe do because of those things, is there something that you would go out and do or try? Uh, it's a great question. The only thing I can think of is I am terrified to do karaoke. The thought of me standing on stage and like singing the song Mm-hmm. terrifies me. I've never done it before. I probably never will say what you want. Um, I still don't even know if I would do karaoke, even with the guidelines you just gave me. Mm-hmm. Um, but definitely. <laughs> Is this a challenge? <laughs> yeah, yeah, not having to. Um, I guess uh, something about me is I've always tried to, I don't know. Um, I've always tried. I don't want to say the word try. Over time, I don't care as much about what people think, if at all anymore. I don't let that hold me back. But I've always, it's been important to me to be liked, to uh, people say things good about me. Because again, through my past and my experiences, I felt like I'm not good enough. I've always been the new kid, new guy in school. I moved, you know, from my mom divorcing and then us moving to different places in South Carolina. I was always the new kid. So it's nice when people like you, you know, because when your dad seems like he stops liking you, it affects you. So it's cool when, you know, people like you and accept you, especially as a kid, when you get older, you understand it more and it doesn't matter as much and you can be comfortable in your own skin. But, you know, growing up and dealing with everyday life and having a normal life, it's tough enough. Then you go through some traumatic shit and it can really affect you. But ultimately you know, a lot of people try to talk to me about this film that I'm trying to make and I'm not angry with my father anymore. And I'm not angry with the things that have happened to me because they've led me to where I'm at now. 
and who I am now and what I'm trying to become. And I'm not upset about that because I don't know who else I would be. And I'm happy with who I am and what I'm trying to do. So ultimately, it's funny how those things that have almost destroyed me have become like my biggest gifts. And you can all do that. We can all do that. It's not easy. I work at it every single day. And uh, through this quarantine, it's gotten tougher, you know, with the whole hanging out with yourself and you're not as busy. So your mind wonders. I think uh, one of those motivational guys that I don't really care for, but he's got some good stuff. Sometimes he said boredom's the drug. That's the most difficult part right now because your mind can wonder because you've got this free time, right? If you're not allowing yourself to stay busy. And I think he's got a great point. Boredom's a drug. It's not smoking pot or drinking too much or whatever. It's you have this time, this extra time, and you're allowing it if you can't, if you want, if you don't stop it to consume you and it can consume you in a very negative way. And it's a shame how this can be your own worst enemy. That's so interesting. I think for me, it's like boredom's the, the goal. See, is that weird? Well, yeah, right? Because like, I think that most of us create unnecessary drama in our lives. That's fair. And so when you're bored, it's like, holy shit, I'm not creating drama. I'm not messing up my life. I'm not starting fights. I'm not making things a big deal. But it's yeah. cool that everyone's different, right? So for some people, it would be the opposite for me. It's, um, what's your, you know, if you were, um, when you're on your deathbed, lying there at the end of your days, hopefully a really long, long time from now, and you actually can have people around you and you know, you're not, you're not stuck in the room that you're in right now still. Um, Knock on wood. And you're sitting there, what do you want the people that are around you at that time? Like it's your last days, what do you want them to be talking about and saying about you? Hopefully it's uh, me making an impact on their life. You know, that when they look back and think about me, that it's something that uh, is good. They're good thoughts. Uh, there's a laugh. I like to think I'm funnier than people think I am, um, especially when you get to know me. I definitely love to laugh um, and make my friends laugh for my sisters. Um, hopefully it's something like that. And to say that their life was impacted in a better way because they knew me whether it was just because we had a friendship and we uh, shared some laughs or we went through some really difficult shit, whether it's together or individually. And they're like, man, you know, he was there for me and I'll never forget that. You know, I'm a better person because I knew him. And I, I mean that sincerely. And uh, I hope, you know, people that come across me can say that, you know. Would you say that with that being said, your drive in everything you do, your business and, and being an entrepreneur and, you know, making this movie, this film, um, would you say that you're more driven by the impact that you're making on others or more driven within success, you know, of accomplishing those things with income and, you know, obviously both are great, but when you wake up in the morning, you're like, I'm going to make this film. What makes you want to do that? You know, like people are like, oh, I want to, I want to change lives. But ultimately, like we all impact in some way. Like what is your driving force behind doing those things? What makes you want, you know, to, to impact people? That's a great question. Um, it's because I've been there and I'm still there when it comes to dealing with some difficult stuff and pain and trauma. And uh, I like the idea to, of being someone that can inspire people to do better and overcome it. And, you know, I've 
been inspired by people throughout my life, whether it's somebody that's famous or not, my sister or Les Brown or hearing Eric Thomas talk. And that just to be able, I want to be able to do that for people. You know, money is very important. I grew up from a wealthy family Then I lived in a trailer with 10 people. Then my ex stepfather was wealthy and then I was on my own and then an up and down thing. So I know what it's like to have money and you know, there's nice cars and there's three boats in the driveway to again, not having anything and being broke. But ultimately, like if you're not happy with who you are and what you're doing, that stuff can only take you so far. I've had money in the bank and not been happy. You know, I've looked really good with my shirt off and not been happy, you know? So what are you doing? That's, you know, healing the inside as much as you're happy with what's going on on the outside. But, you know, to see people do well and be a part of that is a really good feeling it like fulfills me and it's when I've done something for somebody that I care about, it's better than something I've done for myself. And if that isn't like a sign to like keep pursuing that, because ultimately that's how I heal myself by healing others. It's therapeutic for me. It's a, it's a, a, it's a great way to be selfish. Yeah. But you know, to make a documentary, there isn't big money involved. But for me to make a film that people can relate to from all walks of life, whether you're a man, woman, uh, child, older, black, white, whatever you believe in, to be like, man, I know what it's like to be angry about something and it's held me back for a long time. But maybe if I could let it go and stare them in the face, it could help me overcome it. So I take pride in being a man trying to do something like that, talking about real life stuff. I don't think enough men are. Yeah, so one thing me and Alex really connected on. Yeah, I'm, um, I'm thinking about if you, you know, you're, you just emphasize like that being angry and forgiveness. Is there anything that you've done in your life outside of what you've already shared with us that you look back and I'm not saying you would do it different. Cause I think like everything, then everything afterwards is different, right? Your whole, our whole life would be different. It's like a domino effect. But is there anything you look back on and you're like, man, I still need to forgive myself for that, that you did in your past. Uh, Great question. Um, I still struggle with, I could have done more for my mom. I could have been a little more proactive in the beginning, you know, to see your mom fall apart. It's hard not to just be angry, you know, instead of just wanting to be this compassionate, loving son, you see this gorgeous blonde woman that your mother, everyone likes great shape stays active, has good energy, is the strongest person in the room for the most difficult situations. To see her all of a sudden do the complete opposite, it's hard to just let the goodness in you take over and try to be helpful. It's easy to be regretful and have anger towards that person and then have anger towards the person that you feel like has created this monster, so to speak, which is my ex-stepfather, and then be like, how did this happen again? I already lost my dad and then now my mom's falling apart and then my ex-stepfather turns out to be a shitty person. At least I think so. You know, that is something that I still deal with to this day is, you know, I didn't save the day. You know, if I could have done more, my sisters would have their mom. She'd be here, you know, and I hate that for them more than I hate it for myself. So if we have people tuning into this podcast that have dealt with something like that where it's deep and it just it's so enrooted it's like it's been years but it's still such a focus in your life 
whether it's, you know, helped create good and, and have you like cultivate this person that you've become to help people as the listeners are going through this podcast, what would you say to them? You know, maybe this is the ending, but maybe like, what would you say to them if they're dealing with something similar or a situation where they're like, Oh wow, I can really relate to that, that pain where it's just kind of festered and turned into this rock. And I just, I can't climb this mountain or however you want to say, but what would you say to them in a situation that's maybe fresh or like you, that it's, it's gone years and I could have done more. I should have done something. Or what do I do? What would you say to them? What would you tell them or encourage them to do? Or what words would you have for them? It's a great question. Uh, first and foremost, you're not alone. Mm-hmm. Um, we all deal with it in different ways or different experiences, whether it might not have been your mom that put you, you know, have gone through that situation, whatever it was or whoever it was, like we all deal with that in life. We all have a story that is, can be very painful. And, you know, the older I get, the more I, you know, I find out we all go through a lot of traumatic things, you know, some worse than others, but you're not alone and you can get through it. And it, a lot of times it's a process. So I started the process by being able to look myself in the mirror and tell myself like, Hey man, you did all you could breathe, take a step back. Where can you be successful and start to let this part go? So what can you focus on that is positive in your life instead of always focusing on what hurts and that negative pain of like seeing your mom go and the shit last conversation you remember is not a good conversation and that sad look on her face to think about the good times to think about what can I live for, which is my two little sisters. And then ultimately realizing to live for myself because the better you are in situations like Brie, you're a mom, right? If you're not whole and you're not feeling good, you're not as good as a, of a mom, right? Even though like you're devoting your whole life to your husband and your kids, like if you're not taking care of you, you're ultimately not being as good as a parent and as a partner. Would you agree? Yeah. So the older I get, the more I understand that. And it's constant work. Like when I think about it, whether positive or negative, I have to work at it and I have to choose how I'm going to handle it. But ultimately I've learned by choosing the good or the light, it allows me to overcome it slowly. And by making the positive choice, even though it might not seem like the easiest when you're angry and you're mad and like, why the fuck is this happening to me? Like, I don't deserve this. I'm a good person. Like whatever it may be, if you go down the dark hole, there's nothing coming from it. But if you can choose to, Oh, let me just, let me go talk to a friend. Let me take this walk. Let me write this down. Let me go to the gym or whatever it may be. Ultimately, after you do that, you're in a much better place. And you cannot tell me that by doing that kind of stuff, it isn't going to lead you down a better path. One but don't, one or the other. <laughs> yeah, don't be, don't be embarrassed. Don't be afraid. You know, reach out to someone, whether it's a stranger or whether it's somebody you know and talk to somebody. It's important to talk about it or write it down. And realize it's a process, but you have a choice in anything in life and you owe it to yourself and anyone that might care about you that it's time to work on it. Just work, just work on it. Don't think about overcoming it. Just try to work at it. And over time, you'd be surprised what you can do because here I am, here I stand before you and uh, it hasn't been easy, but it's been worth it. 
London, thanks, man, for being uh, willing to go first for, you know, we're all going to do this. We're all, and none of us know, you know, we're not like repeating the same questions. I mean, they might come up, but we're, this is not intentional. So thanks for being the first one to just kind of throw himself out there and let us, you know, poke and prod and see what shows up. And, and really from, I think, you know, the thing Brie kept saying, and I think I was doing it too, is like, just from curiosity, uh, we're so deep as humans. You know, we, no matter how authentic and real we are, we still are only going to show aspects of ourselves to the world and, and letting other people just ask you questions at randomly and trying to look at, look deeper is a way to not only for us to learn more about you, but probably for you to learn more about yourself too. Yeah, 100%. Uh, this was cool. Um, thanks for taking it easy on me. Kind of, but yeah, I mean, uh, ultimately, uh, this is what it's about for us, you know? So, uh, I'm glad to be here with you guys. We need like episode two, London DJ love episode and like dating episode and are you single episode? We might even have to do an episode where we bring both your sisters on and let them grill you and let us sit here and be like, oh, now we know what's up. Hey, I'm not against that. Um, Thanks again, man. And thanks for listening. Please like and subscribe and share this. You know, even if you just know of one person who needs to hear London's story or needs to hear some of the questions we asked, maybe it wasn't the London's answers that uh, resonated for you. It was like, oh my God, you thought of what your answer would be. So share this with at least one person who you think it might help. And uh, we appreciate you. And that's, we're out. Thanks. Thank you for listening. It's not easy to create these episodes, but we know it's important. We need more real, open, and honest conversations. Because we know that whatever you're going through, whatever you're dealing with, you're not alone. A life pretending isn't worth living. So please share this podcast with a friend. And thanks for listening.